It's a really satisfying experience seeing a customer come in, whether it's as simple as getting a cup of coffee first thing in the morning or getting a salad or a sandwich and leaving with a smile or leaving happy. That was George Tenetios. This is Marnie Salop. Thanks for tuning into my podcast, Marnie on the Move. Each week, I will be inviting interesting, innovative movers and shakers to join me on the show and share their story. You will discover and hear from thought leaders, experts, influencers, and entrepreneurs from the worlds of wellness, sports, beauty, fitness, fashion, and more. Marnie on the Move will feature an eclectic mix of people I know, work with, and think are generally doing cool things. On each episode, I sync up with my guests about life, career, and training, and showcase their expertise and story. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the Marnie on the Move podcast. I'm your host, Marnie Salop. If this is your first time listening or you're a regular downloader, welcome. Today's guest is George Tenetios, co-founder and CEO of one of my favorite fast, casual, healthy restaurants here in New York City, Fresh & Co. I discovered this restaurant when they opened at Chelsea Pierce Fitness, and the food has been a staple in my athletic fueling and diet ever since. The chef-inspired recipes, locally sourced ingredients, and seasonal menus offer a terrific array of vegan, vegetarian, and gluten-free items. And they recently added sushi back into the mix, which was the highlight of my day when I discovered this as I always eat sushi after a long swim. But back to George. Born and raised in New Jersey, spending summers on Long Island's North Fork and visiting relatives in Greece, George was born into a family of hardworking restaurateurs. From the young age of eight, George Tenedios was accompanying his father to work on weekends. As a teenager, he began working with his father at Cafe Metro, the family's famous New York City fast casual restaurant, which was founded in 1984 with five locations today. The restaurant business is clearly in his DNA. In 2007, after a trip to the West Coast, George returned inspired by the California food scene and culture and recognized a need in New York City for healthy, fast, casual cuisine. The idea to offer a new, healthier spin and fresh perspective on the already successful fast, casual business model was organic and the seed for Fresh & Co. was planted. The restaurant officially opened in 2010 with one location and has grown to 19 in New York City over the past eight years. They recently launched a franchise division and are partnering to develop locations in Westchester and Southern Florida, and they have a 36-acre farm on the North Fork of Long Island. On today's episode, I sync up with George about his roots in the family business, how he has innovated and grown the company, his modern perspective and healthy approach to fast casual by partnering closely with the local community and working with local farms to source seasonal fresh ingredients, and of course, the athletic routines and workouts that fueled George for success. You will also discover some of Fresh & Co.'s delicious menu items, from their impossible foods, plant-based meatballs, to grab-and-go paninis, grain bowls, their new market table hot foods, snacks, and as I mentioned earlier, sushi. If you like what you hear, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's easy. Scroll through the list of Marnie on the Move podcasts on your app. Click on Write a Review. Share what you like about the podcast, your favorite episodes, what inspires you. Also, tell your friends to listen. 
email them a link, post it on your social platforms, share it in your Instagram stories and tag Marnie on the move. Spread the love. Thank you. And we recently launched a shop page on our website so you can easily shop for our favorite products and experiences along with partner offers and more. Check it out. Tell me what you think. Email me, marnieonthemove1 at gmail.com. Before we get started, I wanted to share a few words from one of our fueling partners. Today's episode is fueled by Sun Potion. I am such a huge fan of their super high quality organic tonic herbs, mushrooms, and superfoods. I have been using a variety of their transformational foods and supplements for the past three years. They have been major game changers for my overall health and wellness. Lately, I have been using the pine pollen and ashwagandha for hormones and balance, chaga for my immune system, and my favorite, cordyceps, for extra energy pre-workout. I simply add them to my coffee or my smoothie every day, and I'm on the move. Head over to their website, somepotion.com, and use the code MARNIEONTHEMOVE for 10% off. Now, on to the episode. So we were just talking about your house on the North Fork and your farm, which we're going to get into detail about. You've been going out to the North Fork now for how many years? Going on almost 20 years, about 16, 17 years. So your family drives from New Jersey to the North Fork. Yeah. Do you know how they discovered the North Fork? We're Greek. So Greenport out on the North Fork is also known as Greekport. Right. (laughs) So we always have family and friends, cousins that actually live out there. So it started off years ago as a child that we used to go there on the weekends to visit our cousins and uncles and various friends. That's when we all fell in love with it and we got the house out there and we've been going since. That's so cool. So now it's come full circle with your new North Fork venture, which we're going to talk about and Fresh & Co. Where did Fresh & Co. begin? Take me back to the early days. Our first store opened in 2010. We Mm -hmm. started planning for Fresh & Co. Inception or what Fresh & Co. was to be probably back in 2007, 2008, where we saw a lack of healthy food in New York City at the time, where there was virtually nobody offering antibiotic-free proteins, cage-free eggs, the hot words that you see around the fast casual today, which had all stemmed from Whole Foods. So Whole Foods became popular, I'd say, around 2005, and it was a phenomenon. Everybody loved it. Everybody was all about the the local, organic, the healthy, clean food that you can get at Whole Foods. So we took that model and decided to curate what we thought would be the ultimate fast casual stop for New Yorkers. So something on the healthy side that didn't exist at the time and something that was approachable for all demographics and all people, whether you're a student or you're a businessman in Manhattan, We had something for everybody. And did you start it as a franchise? No. Franchising actually just happened a few months ago. So we're a privately owned company. We're self-funded. So we opened our first location in 2010, which we still have today. That's at the Fox News building on 47th and 6th. And it actually opened as a different name. We opened as, it's called Flavors Cafe. We quickly realized that Flavors Cafe was a little generic. And if we were going to grow this brand and get brand recognition, we needed something a little more fun and entertaining. So some brainstorming, we came up with Fresh & Co. Our tagline, which we still use today, is just made just for you. In 2012, we were up to about four or five locations. And in one summer, we were able to expand 12 locations. 
So we were up to about 15, 16 locations by the end of summer 2012. We took a step back, we regrouped, we refocused on what Fresh & Co. was at the time, where we wanted to go and what we wanted to do with the concept, with the brand within New York. Today, we're up to 19 locations. We're still looking to expand. We do have one location under construction and we're in an opportunistic moment looking for more locations at the time. So is that something you do as a founder and CEO every couple of years or every, I don't know how frequently, but where you kind of like look at the brand and you're like, where are we going? What are we doing? Oh, for sure. So you said you started and it was called Flavor Cafe. Flavors Cafe. How long was it Flavors Cafe? Maybe just under a year. And so was it hard for you at that moment to say, okay, we're going to pivot and change the name? Well, no. I mean, we were still young at the time. We didn't have the recognition we have today. It was just one location and we were still pivoting left and right and trying to figure out exactly what we wanted to do. So our first location, we actually opened up with sushi, we opened up with pasta, and we had various different items that we no longer have today that don't fit where the health trends are going today and in, in the world, both on the East Coast and the West Coast. Right. How did you get into the restaurant business? I grew up in the business. The parent company is ST Management. Under okay. the ST Management umbrella, there's another brand that we have that we operate called Cafe Metro, which right. was founded which I've seen everywhere in 35 New York. Yeah. years ago. That was founded by my father, Steve. And this was our take, my father and I's take on a healthier version of what Cafe Metro was to New York 20, 30 years ago, which was very sandwich centric. And again, back in 2007, 2008, we saw the trend moving away from sandwiches. You know, nobody wanted to eat a sandwich anymore in the middle of the day. They were looking for a, a healthier option. So we took the Cafe Metro model, which is multiple stations, multiple categories and multiple day parts. And we added the healthier twist throughout the concept. So a lot of the concepts you see today are specializing in one platform, whether that's salads or hot foods or, or some sort of bowl. We're able to capture multiple platforms, multiple uh, specialty items and, and multiple categories where it allows us to capture a greater return base on our customers, whereas they can come in breakfast, lunch and dinner each day and have a different experience each time they come in. You have so many great things on the menu. And then I also love all the little snacks. And sure desserts that you have. So tell me a little bit about some of the menu items. Sure. So for breakfast, we have a full breakfast menu ranging from egg white wraps to uh, omelets made to order. We also have chef design omelets where you know you can get your classic Western omelet wrap uh, and so forth. We have gluten-free pancakes. Those are awesome. Those are really good. Yeah, yeah. those are really good. Uh, we're actually launching banana pancakes for our spring menu. Stay okay. tuned. We have an assortment of yogurt parfaits. We do smoothies, acai bowls, as well as fresh pressed juices. For lunch, we have salads, grain bowls. We have 88 recipes of soups that we rotate between. A lot of your recipes are seasonal and a lot of the seasonal, food that you exactly. serve is seasonal. Exactly, yeah. We do paninis, we do cold sandwiches. We have a lot of grab and go items ranging from homemade desserts to side salads to fruit salads. We're now in test phase of a new category called market table where we're testing out hot foods at a couple of our locations where a market plate per se, is you pick a grain, brown rice, quinoa, or even farro. You pick a protein anywhere from three different types of chicken to a salmon, Faro Island salmon, and then you get two vegetable sides. So it's a hot meal. Which locations are you doing that at? We you? have that at 36th and Broadway mm -hmm. and uh, 85th and Lexington. Is that really hard to do as a fast casual restaurant? It is. To make sure that we're consistent from one restaurant to the other, it's hard to do on a larger scale. Not to mention that a lot of our leases don't allow us to do full cooking. Right. So we have some really great leases around Manhattan and the way the 
major way we were able to, to negotiate that is to agree to not do full blown out cooking. So most of our locations, all we do is light breakfast cooking on a griddle top. It's a little difficult for consistency reasons, but because of technology and, and the different types of cooking equipment, we're now backtracking and seeing what other stores we can add more advanced equipment and self-ventilating ovens per se, where we can tackle hot foods and cooking proteins a la minute and such. How do you maintain having local fresh produce and ingredients at this scale? A great partner of ours, Baldor Foods, that's our produce distributor. They have a really, really great program that they filter out and focus solely on local farmers and local businesses where we can filter through their website per se and order based on farm instead of based by category or price, which we do every season or at least fall, spring and summer because there There's is nothing, nothing, in the winter. nothing in the winter, unfortunately, but we do our best. So you get everything um, locally. As much as, as possible. So yeah. again, fall, spring, and summer, we're 100% local as far as Pennsylvania and upstate New York is where our boundaries, what we set ourselves right. for our purchasing. Our chef at the beginning of each season either meets with or, or gets on a phone or, or a Skype call with these farmers and pre-plans for the season what will be available when a specific produce or vegetable will be harvested and such so we can pre-plan for the upcoming seasons. We are lucky enough to, I mentioned before, we're very close with Paulette Satter from Satter Farms. They have a farm in Florida, not local, but we're able to grow consistently or, or receive consistent greens from Satter Farms, whether it's the middle of the summer or peak winter, where there's nothing grown in this area. We still have the same Satter Farms kale, Satter Farms mixed greens and so forth coming from that same farm, from the same farmer where we trust her, we know her her work ethic and her belief in her line of work. So I mean, we their have farms that consistency. are amazing. Their produce is fantastic. Yeah. Their arugula is out of this world for me. I, uh, I love it. Were they it. ever on the North Fork? They've been on the North Fork for over 25 years. Oh, okay. So, yeah. But they're also in Florida. They're in Florida in the winter. So okay. they, so okay. they harvest all year That's round. So three seasons they're here and wintertime they move their entire operation to Florida. They bring most of their farmers with them, their workers with them to Florida. So it's the same group of people all year round harvesting the same specific produce and greens that they focus on and that they specialize on, which is great and is really unheard of in this area. It's really unheard of. And now you just announced that Fresh & Co. is available for franchising. That's pretty awesome. So we just got approved for franchising a couple months ago. We sold our first franchise license. A gentleman signed up for three locations in Westchester County. So he's currently working on securing a location where we're working hand in hand with him, doing site visits weekly. We're, we're looking more of this as a, a partnership. I was just going to say. So yeah. we're working definitely really close with him to expand on that. And, and we've had inquiries as far as Mexico City to open up Fresh & Co.'s. So we're working on that. We're, we're still at the five-yard line with that. This just happened about probably less than 90 days ago. And so you're doing that, and then simultaneously you have a farm out, your own farm, sure, out on the North Fork of Long Island, which we talked before the podcast, and I know some of my listeners are from the North Fork and live on the North Fork or have houses out there. So tell me a little bit about your farm. So we purchased it about three years ago, four years ago. We've gotten three harvest seasons so far. We're new at this. We work with Danny Latham from Latham Farms. He's our farmer for the farm. He works hand in hand with our chef as well. So we can specifically curate and harvest the vegetables we want to use in the upcoming seasons, as well as he's more or less our teacher. You know, we're learning as we go. So the first harvest season was rough, to say the least. 
When did it start? I want to say 2015 was the first harvest season. And it was rough. It was rough. It was our first year. We didn't have a handle on things or knew how to handle things. We just closed out our third harvest season. Rough estimates now. I don't have any figures in front of me, but rough estimates, I'd say during the spring, summer, and fall season, we were purchasing about, or we were supplying ourselves rather, about 10% of our produce for those three seasons coming from Fresh and Co. Farms. Anything from corn to potatoes, tomatoes, strawberries, Red, green, yellow peppers, Brussels sprouts, Romanesco, broccoli, cauliflower, the list goes on. It's, it's really remarkable. Did you know anything about farming before you ventured out on this endeavor? I've seen all the farms out on the North Fork. I never knew to what extent could be farmed on the North Fork. I visited Satter Farms years ago for the first time. I want to say probably 2011 was my first time visiting Paulette's farm. I uh, was blown away by what she offers, how she executes. And as time goes on and the popularity of buying local and local produce, each farm started expanding their own operation. And it really became a life of its own out on the North Fork. It's not just beaches and vineyards anymore. You have a ton of farms out there, which is great for us. It gives us more options and more flexibility to offer different types of produce. The North Fork has always had amazing farms. Farms and vineyards. I mean, it's so beautiful. Like when you drive on the back road, I, I yep. south, I don't know what road it is, but it's all like... Ro- like 48? Route 48, Route 25, yeah. Route 25. The one on the north road. All the way towards the water. That goes along the sound sure. and you drive yeah, by yeah, yeah. all the farms. I mean, it's really cool. Yeah. 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 It's really beautiful out there. Even the wintertime, I was just there two weekends ago. Went there for a, a weekend getaway. It was... Awesome. It's gorgeous. So now you're in East Marion. Yep. And your farm is in Orient. Our farm's in Orient. It's about a mile and a half down the road. How big is it? We're about 36 acres. We just started construction on our greenhouse, which is about 1,500 feet. We got approved about a month ago for a barn structure, which will be about roughly 8,000 feet and change, which hopefully will be done by probably by the end of the summer. And we're really looking forward to hitting next season hard once we have all of our tools in place. Are you thinking of the farm as something that will fuel and supply your establishment and Fresh & Co. in New York? Sure. We envision our chef taking multiple trips there year-round, not even just the peak harvest season, but year-round and really doing research in conjunction with our farmer, Danny Latham, to curate future menu items based on what we can grow ourselves. So in order to control the quality and sort of manipulate the harvest to certain taste profiles that the chef thinks that would resonate well with our guests. When I had my house out there, and even when I was in the Hamptons, I still, I loved KK's Biodynamic Farm. It's a small farm. Nothing beats Long Island tomatoes for me. No, I don't know what people think, but I'm from Long Island. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I grew up on the beach and then out in the Hamptons and... And then I ended up getting my house on the North Fork. And it's sure. like the North Fork is like the it's, perfect uh, It's tough because you say, you tell somebody Hamptons and they automatically know what to expect because right. of social media, because of celebrities, because of movies, the things that are put out there about the Hamptons. But you tell somebody about the North Fork that's never been to the North Fork and they're like, what? 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 Where is that? Where yeah. is that? <laughs> it sounds almost like it's uh, in the Midwest somewhere. It's, it's a little dated. Yeah. But that's part of the beauty of going out there. And so now with the North Fork and all of the expansion with Fresh & Co., what are some of the, did you identify the locations where you're looking to franchise as places that also might be accessible to farms or local produce as well? Sure. 
not all regions can benefit from that. At the same token, it can't be as bad as here in New York, especially in the winter. But yes, definitely. A lot of the expansion that we're looking at is more towards Midwest than West Coast, even South, which is either the same access to produce year round or better access to produce year round. And so is this sort of like your mission with fueling people with healthy food and making sure that it's seasonal and local and of a certain quality with fresh and go? Yeah, for sure. Again, our, our tagline being just made just for you. And, you know, that's the main objective. Fresh quality ingredients made in front of you with a, a wide array of options to tailor different needs and different palates throughout the day and, and different demographics. And now you mentioned earlier that you grew up in the restaurant industry. Like yeah. that's like your family business. Sure. Did you go to school for hospitality? I went to Fairleigh Dickinson University, graduated with a degree in restaurant tourism, hospitality management. Grew up in the business as little as probably seven, eight years old. I used to go into work with my father on Saturdays. Winter break, we weren't on the beach somewhere. I was going to work every day with my father, whether that was in the store or or trailing him for the day, whatever he was doing that, that day or that week. So I was exposed to the business at a young age. I didn't always love it. At that age, the the last thing I wanted to do was wake up at six o'clock in the morning and go into Manhattan. I, you know, I didn't know any better. But as time went by and I learned to love the business, it's, it's a really satisfying experience seeing a customer come in, whether it's as simple as getting a cup of coffee first thing in the morning or getting a salad or a sandwich and leaving with a smile or leaving happy or even seeing a customer excited to come in and order their food. It's really a remarkable uh, feeling. Did you think that was going to happen when you first started? No, I kept telling myself I was either going to be a lawyer uh-huh. or go into real estate. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're kind of in real estate. Yeah. Exposed to it very much so. Yeah. That's so interesting. And so do you have brothers and sisters that are also? One sister, she's in the business. Um, She she works at a a one-off location that uh, that we operate, a a concept called Create out in Astoria. She operates that location. And so your father's still in the business. He is. And you're all working together. Yeah. Do you guys talk about work all the time? Like out on vacation, like day, uh, holidays day. all day, every day. All day, every day. It doesn't stop. Even a family dinner or nighttime or on the weekends, there's always something going on. There's always something to talk about. There's always something to ponder and pre-plan. So yeah, it's definitely a part of our lingo. Was he always into healthy food and... No. No, not... No. No, he was a... <laughs> Wait, you uh, said you were Greek, right? So you probably like eat really delicious food. That's it's, not It's exact. all about food. Yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was more or less not a diner boy, but he started in this business actually making donuts back in the 70s. He started in a donut shop in Brooklyn and then he was very much so in the deli part of the business. And then he grew from there. That's so cool. So nothing healthy. You know, healthy back then wasn't even a... No, no, it wasn't even a <laughs> thing. It wasn't even a category Nobody even knew for, what it was. for the food business. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's so funny. And then you are spearheading this part of the business. Yeah. And sure. so what I'm, kind of exercise and fitness fuels you for success? I'm an avid cyclist. So not to say it's seasonal. Wintertime is a little tougher because wintertime usually is business slows down naturally for us, especially now January, February. But there's a lot of back end work that goes involved getting ready for the the upcoming seasons, which which we're very busy with. All year round, more or less, I'm very much so a cyclist. Swimming comes with going to Greece in the summertime as well as out in the North Fork. Uh, I do a lot of swimming. Uh, and that's about it, actually. You are a cyclist. So you've been cycling your whole life? I'd say I picked up the sport maybe about five, six years ago. Do you ride on the North Fork? I have. 
I haven't done big rides on the North Fork, but I've done uh, a couple 20 mile rides uh, out there, which is awesome. It's, it's great roads out there to, to ride. Usually I do my cycling around here. In the city? Yeah, whether it's right after work, I'll go up and down the west side or, or pop over the, the George Washington Bridge and back or... Like up 9W? Up and down 9W. I did the Grand Fondo a couple of years ago, which is a hundred mile ride to uh, to Bear Mountain. That was... Yeah. That was tough. <laughs> I was going to say, I've wanted to do that ride, but it's, it's great. Yeah. It's awesome. It's very um, crowded. Like I remember trying to get the part that has deterred me from doing it is mm-hmm. the bottlenecking to get over the GW. It's lower level. It's bottlenecked up until I think it's around exit two off of the Palisades Parkway yeah. around that area, a little past Alpine. And then it just frees up. Yeah, I mean, I do that gorgeous. ride all the time. Out, it's gorgeous. Up 9W. I, I go up and down 9W a lot too. So prior to that, I was a runner. Okay. Uh, the last half marathon I did, I believe was the NYC half marathon, maybe 2015. I didn't train appropriately for it. I didn't stretch appropriately for it. I was in crucial, excruciating pain afterwards. So I've retired since from running. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't do it. Couldn't I feel like it. a lot of athletes start out as runners. And then as you start to realize the wear and tear it takes and being your in body, the restaurant yeah. business, you're catching me now in my office because of this podcast. But if I work a 12 hour day, I'd say nine out of my 12 hours is spent standing up or walking around. So it's a lot of wear and tear on my body. So it's nice to spin out your legs and kind of get, <laughs> yes. get on the bike and yeah. like be in a different yeah, space. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. And swimming. Yeah. I love swimming. Mm-hmm. Does Fresh & Co. ever partner with any of these races? We did Chef Cycle a couple years ago. We were oh, one of the cool. sponsors. I love that shirt. I'm really into merch. <laughs> Cool. That was the biggest event we've done. We've done a few smaller events, a few local events, but that was probably the biggest one that we did, which was great. We sponsored the uniforms as well as some energy bites that we had at the time Mm -hmm. and water bottles. And you also have another partnership with the Food and Finance High School here in the city. Tell me about that. So wintertime, when we can't buy local, we have another partnership, the Food and Finance High School, which is located here in Manhattan, 50th between 10th and 11th. They have a greenhouse on the roof of their building where they grow their own produce and we actually buy their produce. So it's not all of our produce. It's probably realistically, it's between 20 and 30% depending on on their harvest. 20, 30% of our greens during the winter months is coming from the Food and Finance High School from their greenhouse. So we're able to provide a local, uh, hyper-local product to our customers. That's so great. Tell me about the high school. It's the only one of its kind. It's a public school. They have an entire division focused on food and finance. It's a middle school and high school. We provide sponsorships. We we support them as much as possible. We've donated, I'd say, almost 200000 at this point towards the high school, which goes towards tuitions, events that they do, fundraisers, food. We assist them with getting around with mobility, with signage, things like that. They have a professor from Cornell University that teaches classes based on harvest and vegetation. That's uh, so cool. Which is really cool. The greenhouse is a part of one of their their classes, part of their curriculum on on how to take a seed and and harvest it into a plant, whether it's fresh basil or butterhead lettuce or or kale. So it's very cool. Is this something that you do as part of your community work as a brand to sort of like get involved locally? One of our employees years ago actually brought it to my attention. I want to say four or five years ago brought it to my attention and I lost my mind at first. I was like, wait, what? This exists here in Manhattan? He made an introduction. I did a tour. I met Professor Warner from Cornell University that works out of the high school. 
and was just blown away by what they do and how they do it between the cooking classes and, and the harvesting lessons with Professor Warner was just really remarkable. It really, uh, it hit home with the whole farm to table or yeah. greenhouse to table at that aspect. Right. Well, I mean, we're in New York City, so that's a close second. Yeah. 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 That's really cool. I had not heard of that high school before. Food and Finance High School, 50, it's either, it's 52nd Street. We just Street. did the whole middle school thing. So we were okay. just like, my partner and I were just like looking at middle schools in the city. What inspired you to launch this kind of fast casual restaurant with healthy, fresh, local food? As I mentioned before, the satisfaction, the feeling of satisfaction that I got working in the business at the time, which was Cafe Metro, was bar none. It was really fulfilling. But the entire... The way that Fresh & Co. came about with the, the healthy movement, local, clean food really came about when I went over to the West Coast. Again, it was around 2006, 2007, my first time out in California, and I saw the food movement out there. And that in conjunction with what was happening here with the, the Whole Foods movement really pushed me to come up with what Fresh & Co. is today. And again, we opened completely different back in 2010, offering things like sushi and pasta, which is no longer relevant with our customers today. The West Coast is just, they're, they're, they're years, ahead of the curve. They're years ahead of the curve in terms of all these health trends. And, you know, doing business in New York has always been difficult. Now it's more difficult than ever because of the amount of competition and, and saturation, if you will, right. in, in the market. But you really got to stay on your toes and you really got to you got to be cutting edge. If you're not, you'll just, you'll get eaten alive in this town. And that's actually pushed us to work harder and think a little more about what we're introducing to our menu, what we're adding, what we're removing, and what we will be adding moving forward for future seasonal rollouts. Again, it's at this point in time, everybody's a foodie. Back in 2010, when we first opened Fresh & Co., it was before the Instagram days, before social media and such, yeah. where not everybody was as connected as they are today. Now it, it's an important part of the world and of this business in specific. Everything has to be picture perfect. Your Instagram feed looks terrific. And I love that your social media team connected with me through direct message after our event and summit with Chelsea Piers. We try and engage with our customers. We try and get ourselves out there, whether it's the community with our customer base or with future customers that haven't experienced Fresh & Co. or maybe have passed over us for, for somebody else in Manhattan or, or throughout town. Again, that's, that's super important to engage with our current customers and our future customers. You really got to put yourself out there. As CEO, what role do you find yourself in the most and what would you like to spend more time doing? I have different phases, so I do okay. have to wear multiple hats on a daily basis. I think not only myself, but the team and the company is blessed to have the team that we do and the passion that we do that, that works for, at Fresh & Co. But different days calls for different hats. The daily goal and the daily persistent focus being our restaurants, the quality, the consistency, and really customer service. So usually my time is spent, I want to say 80% of the time on the field, bouncing around to different restaurants, conversing and even working in the restaurants, helping out the team side by side. And the other part is focusing on future initiatives and what's next. So it's definitely multiple hats. How far out are you in terms of what's next? Are you 10 years ahead? Are you five years ahead? Realistically, it's probably about a year or two ahead. We definitely have goals that we want to reach by the end of this year, but we're already thinking about 2020 and where we're going to be and where we want to be by 2020, 2021. Do you feel like 
as somebody who's a CEO and founder, that's sort of part of the program. It's yeah, like for DBA, sure. doing business as usual. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Do you have any sage wisdom for anyone who's an entrepreneur listening? Maybe something that might be business, some good business advice, and then maybe some kind of a life philosophy. Start sure. with the business advice. For the business advice, I would say definitely be persistent. Get help if you need the help. Definitely spread your risk, if you will. It's whatever business, whether it's the food business or, or any other category, it's tough out there. There's definitely plenty of opportunity, but there's definitely plenty of risk. Don't put yourself in a position where you'll get in trouble or dig a hole for yourself. And again, just be persistent and, and just keep driving that message that you want to drive, I think is the most important part. And now you're really lucky because you had the infrastructure and the background and the knowledge to know how to open up a restaurant mm -hmm. and how to build that kind of business and you have a lot of experience in hospitality. Well, well it hasn't all been peachy. We've yeah. actually, we've closed a couple locations over the last couple of years, whether it's because neighborhoods have changed or competition has come in and just eaten away at our business at a certain point, depending on the rents and the locations and part of town, if we don't have that volume to support the rent and to support all the other operating costs that go with running a, a fast casual business, we need to identify when we have to cut our loss and just walk right. away. So we've had a couple scenarios like that. Unfortunately, it's the cost of doing business, if right. you will. Again, unfortunately, Manhattan is a, a very tough town, yeah. very expensive to operate in. And we're on a very good trajectory right now. We have a great team. We have a great vibe right now for Fresh & Co. But that's not to say that that we may not find ourselves in a position where we may need to close another location because of the metrics just not adding up. It's definitely a possibility and it's always a possibility. And again, a little advice is you really just need to stay humble if a situation like that happens and learn when to cut your losses and you just, you can't keep feeding a, a business that's going <laughs> to dig yeah. a, a deeper hole for you. you yeah. know, because in this business, it, it's not a couple hundred dollars here and there. If you're bleeding money in a business, it's thousands and thousands and thousands yeah. of dollars. And then do you have a philosophy that you live by? Be humble and always smile. <laughs> I love that advice. I feel so lucky that Fresh & Co. is at my gym. The food is just so good. So I don't know when the last time you've been there was, but we're actually introducing more, more items specific to the Chelsea Piers locations. We've had a huge request for sushi, surprisingly. I am not surprised. Did anyone tell you that I was obsessed with the From sushi? From the sushi that, before, yeah. Yes. They, they had really good sushi. This isn't rolled to order, but we are working with a great company that's rolling them fresh every day. So it's not rolled to order. This could have been the best thing that has happened to me all week. We went live today. I wasn't there. I haven't been there because I've been working <laughs> in my office. So you went live today? We went live today with uh, Pier 60 and Pier 62 for the sushi rolls. I'm so excited to speak to the Can team Can you tell? Now. Like, is it all over? Like, is it, like I'm so <laughs> excited. excited. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So down. as uh, yeah. in conjunction with our seasonal menu, we've decided to do weekly specials there also. The most common feedback we're getting is to change up the menu. You have a lot of a lot of gym members that go there four or five times a week. And a lot of our customer base are actually the, the trainers and the people that work within Chelsea Piers. Mm -hmm. Because of the geographic location of Chelsea Piers being on the other side of the West Side Highway, we had a huge request to just keep it interesting and bring different items yeah. into the menu. So we're... Working hard with with Chef Craig to introduce different items, exciting items, and and things that make sense for people that are that are looking to bulk up, 
slim down, eat clean, all those different uh, categories. We're looking to target each one in specific and and curate a specific menu for that person. Our two most popular items at Pier 60, the the location inside the gym in specific, is our turkey chili bowl with brown rice and our AM energy wrap, which is an egg white uh, breakfast wrap. Do you know what smoothie is the most popular? The PB Mood Booster, peanut butter mood booster. Formerly named the Cali. Yeah. (laughs) Do you know Andrew Cali? He was on the podcast. They used to name the smoothies after some of the triathlon coaches. Gotcha. He's one of them. Okay. Have you ever trained there or worked out there, Chelsea Pierce? Uh, I do work out there. I've since changed the times I go there. I used to go in the morning. So yeah. at five o'clock in the morning when, when I'm laser focused trying to get my workout done, you know, everybody would just say, oh, hey, George, how you doing? Oh, the guy from Prussian Coast. Oh, really? <laughs> it was a little distracting. It's hard. Yeah. It's it's hard, especially that early in the morning. So now I go at nighttime. I typically go around seven, eight o'clock when I leave the office, head straight there, get my workout in, check up on the two locations and then right, you go home. to Brooklyn also. Brooklyn also. Yeah. That's great. Well, you guys are doing great there. I mean, people love the food. Thank you. It was really awesome. So thank you so much for doing this. Thanks for having me on. Thanks again for tuning into Marnie on the Move. If you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts. Follow us on social at Marnie on the Move for Facebook and Instagram and Marnie Salop on Twitter. Head over to our website, MarnieOnTheMove.com. For more info on this episode, links in the show notes, and of course, sign up for our quarterly newsletter, The Download, to get updates, deals, giveaways, and information on future events for 2019. I want to hear from you. Email me, MarnieOnTheMove1 at gmail.com, and let me know what you're enjoying, what you want to hear more of. If you have questions for our guests, just reach out.